Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Next Real Saturday Matinee, our weekly show where we, the Next Real team, gathers for news, reviews, the latest trailers, and brutal gamesmanship. I'm Pete Wright, and I am joined by the one and only freshly returned from his sojourn away from podcasting, Ocean Murph. Uh, Hello, Pete and Kyle. It's a wonderful, sunny Saturday morning to spend talking about movies. 
Mm, we're so happy to have you yes. back. And I'm hardly sure he does anything besides podcasting from the Swashbuckling <laughs> Ladies Debate Society podcast and the Marvel Movie Minute. It's Kyle Olson. Don't forget the Curiosity Codex I new know. episodes dropping soon. <laughs> yeah. Curiosity Codex on True I'm Story like, FM. I'm the rock of uh, Next Real. That's right. I'm a relentless promotion machine. Absolutely. And that's the only similarity. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we are uh, here to take on uh, what what's new, and uh, let's start with what's new. Quick review. What are you watching? Well, I want to talk about Invincible. <gasps> yeah, because yeah. the season wrapped oh, up. So uh, glad. And I know that you you were talking about it on the show before too, and I don't know anybody else who's watched it. Ocean, have you seen it? I I have not. I uh, yeah, I was uh, kind of blown away uh, because not only was it. A different format in terms of its 45 minute long episodes. So it really took me a long time to adjust the fact that it's animation and it goes beyond 22 minutes. Like yeah. I kept at 22 minutes, I kept like tuning out. I'm like, oh, wait, I have to. It never to ends. Get back on. I have to. <laughs> right? I'm like, when does. It's like, oh, it's still going on. Oh, it's still going on. And they would do post credits and all that stuff. But I've never seen an animated show that so specifically tried to emulate the artist that originally created it. Yes. Yes. I mean, except maybe going all the way back to the original Marvel animated things where they would use actual drawings yeah, actual <laughs> from like Jack Kirby and then animate on top of them. But the fact that they tried to have it look just like it did in the comics was almost eerie. Yeah. Because it's because it's exactly what I had read when I saw it. And and so what did you think of the, the season as a whole? I loved it. And this was one of the things I think that was so interesting about it is that Robert Kirkman, uh, he had said early on that uh, he was using the series as a way to fix some things that he felt were at issue in the the initial uh, run of the comic and uh, of the the uh, books. And I, I think he did that. I, I really enjoy what they created here. I think it, it is uncanny. You know, I, I went back to the books and I started I started kind of reading along the books to kind of see what was what. And you lose it mm -hmm. in your head. Like, I forget. Yeah. What happened in which medium? I, I've never had that sort of experience before. I thought it was great. I loved the way they wrapped up the the finale. I'm so glad it's been signed for another two seasons. Uh, I think it's very exciting. Were you happy? I was. I, you know, my only disappointment is in a, an abundance of riches. Basically, it's like I knew the major beats. Yeah, you know, it's like and this is the problem of of adaptation, and, and I know that I fully acknowledge it. It was sort of like when they get to the end, and it's like, oh, Omni Man is this, and you go. Yeah, like, yeah. I knew that there, ten years ago when I read the comic, but but at the same time, it just like with the Red Wedding, I wasn't going to spoil it for anybody yeah. because I'm like <laughs> right. sort of sitting back, like I'm like, oh, when they find out about Omni Man, this is going to be fun, and I watch it ripple through the internet and get a a different sense of joy from that of like, oh, welcome, welcome, yeah. new fans. I think that's really it. I think that's the motivator for me in watching this property that I already knew pretty well, which was yeah. I just can't wait to see how they do what they're going to do. Right. Exactly. I can't wait to get to that point. And the fact that they moved some things from later in, in the run into this first right. season, I think it, it was really, really well done. So if you're a fan of this, I mean, it's it's a it's very violent. It's pretty violent. And like, yeah, it, yeah. It's, oh, you're it's really not, selling it for me now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, yeah. if you think the boys is violent, like. You can do more about, with comics. You can do more. <laughs> yeah, there's something about when it's animated and everything, there's no special effects. So a hit hits so much harder 
when <laughs> it's the same. So you don't have to go like, oh, wow, they really did a lot of CG work of having those guys' brains fall out. No, like it's it feels as, as real as people walking down the street and talking oh, nice. when somebody gets, you know, pile drive through a building uh, <laughs> and then and then and squash 100 people and the guts go. I mean, like it really is uh, excessively violent, but that's that's part of the, the storytelling. But on the other side of that, the other, the other what they have done with Adam Eve, I am really impressed with because they have taken all the character development they put in her much, much later on in it and moved it forward so that she's a much more well-developed character earlier on, which I think is great because she becomes fantastic by the end of it, but now they've moved the timeline of that up better so she is just as interesting as she is at the end of the run here at the start, and I can't wait to see where they go from there. Totally agree. And, and, and Robot, I mean, like yeah. all these characters that we know are going to be majorly important, they are putting the time in now so that it's going to pay off later. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very impressed with what they've done with it. And, and I know, just last point on this, I know I've already shouted from the rooftops about this. That voice cast is fantastic. Yes, uh, it's it's unbelievable. just unbelievable. Zachary um, Kinto, who knew? I know. Like, I mean, I know he's a great actor, but like not everybody can do voice acting. And he is so good in this. Well, and, and J.K. Simmons, uh, what can Gillian, J.K. Simmons uh, not Jacobs do? is Adam Eve. Like, Jacobs. She's just so yeah. great and well-rounded and rich. And Stephen Young, of course. is and, and of course, uh, Stephen uh, Young. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's I can't believe they got all those people to do this thing, and it's really yeah. it's worth worth watching. You got to check it out, Ocean. I, I I will do that. I I now I saw that when they had the premiere, like the previews for it on Amazon, and I just it's one of the things where I was like, oh, I should watch that. And then I saw, uh, and, and and I'll be honest, I I saw the forty five minute runtime of, of an animated episode, and I was like, I, do I have this attention span? But uh, yeah, you guys are making it sound really great, so I I, I will ch- I will yeah. check it out. You do have to retrain your brain a little bit, yeah, because it is because it because it, it think of it more like an episode of Supernatural or or Star Trek or whatever. Like it's going to run like the full distance. Yeah. It's not going to be little bits that they have combined together. Okay. okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a big arc and stay yeah. for the post credits yes. in every, every single and nearly, every, nearly episode. every episode. You got to check yeah. it out especially episode 1. Okay. Oh. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I will check it out as soon as I'm I'm right now 6 episodes into uh Jupiter's Legacy. So Oh, okay. I have not watched a single thing. What's it like? Me neither. I run hot and cold on Miller, so yeah. what uh, what is your what is your 6 episode review so far? Well, I, I I'm in the can for it. I I loved it. Uh like even like last night I was trying to be a responsible adult and I was like, "You know what? I'm just going to watch a couple episodes of of this show so that way I'll be able to say I've seen half of it so it doesn't get too spoiled and I can say something intelligent about it and then I went to bed after having seen six um, so it's uh, it, it's it's a well done show I, I you know I'm, I am already in the bag for most superhero fare anyway especially if it's well done it's well written and well acted um, the, the makeup and aging is good because the you know the main characters are in present day are much older than they are when they're being shown in the 1920s. Um, it's a very uh, different origin story. So what they're what they're doing with it is, you know, they have um, the the main the main character, the main Superman type person is the Utopian, right? And so uh, the he you know he's the main character and has his his wife and they both have powers and they have kids with powers and there's people with powers and they're kind of explaining how all this happened, right? But they they the story really goes on two phases. One, it becomes like a, a an interesting superhero family drama. Um, while at the same time, an origin story. So it flips back and forth. In the origins, the family drama takes place, place in present day. The origin story takes place in the 1920s, 
right? You know, so what it also gives you a gauge of how old these people actually are, right? And so, and that's kind of where it's at a high level what it's doing. Um, really, it's kind of it isn't. It has some of the, you know, your superhero action sequences, we have to stop a bad guy type thing. But really, really more of what it is, is an intertwining of an origin story, a family drama, and a mystery, right? And so, and that's, and that's really, and they're really kind of walking the line of the three. Um, and they, the way you're able to, the way that I think they're able to pull that off very well is the origin story, since it's in the 20s, you know, they'll show a section of, of film of, uh, you'll see a section of something, five, 10 minutes of what's happening now. And then they'll flip to 1920. So it allows your brain to easily flip that switch to, oh, okay, now I'm on the origin story. And it actually allows it to be very separate because, you know, they're, they're looking and dressing like the 1920s, which actually there's one character who puts on this nice, clean, white, three-piece, double-breasted suit. And I was looking at it like, man, how come we don't dress like that anymore? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because everything now is, you know, sweatpants and, you know, sweatpants <laughs> and t-shirts. Especially this year. Especially, oh, yeah, especially <laughs> this year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, this year, if you put on jeans, you're dressing up. Yeah, you know? right. And so, yeah, so, yeah. Um, but they, so you're, you're able to easily switch back and forth that way. And, and, the, and it keeps you engaged in the story. And I think it's a good method they have of where, these characters that you're not familiar with, you're able to, in a sense, grow with them while at the same time watching what their trials and tribulations are in current day. That's awesome. I feel like I want to see it. I feel like this is probably one of those things that I will, like uh, like Watchmen, uh, mm. I, it was one that I thought, okay, everybody I uh, I know and like knows and likes this show. I'll get to it. And then I did like you did. I just watched the whole thing like in a day. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like wow, uh, what a day that must have been. It was the bend. That show is yeah. heavy. It was. Uh, it was. You feel you get the shakes coming out of it. It's. Uh, yeah. It was Watch, exceptional. Was heavy. This can is, we? Yeah. Can we? Since we're talking about superheroes, uh, I want to pivot just a little bit to this announcement of Black Superman. You guys, you guys have thoughts. Uh, yes, I do. And um, I, yes, I will. I, I'll jump in. I'll jump in the waters first. So this is. I found that I had an interesting reaction to uh, to the announcement of a black Superman, right? Um, and so it took me a while to even start trying to think about and formulate why I had the reaction I did towards it. And so basically what I found was while I am all for, I find I'm very much for the diversification of superheroes, right? Especially if they change superheroes' races or things like that. I don't really think that, I think that's fine. Because for the most part, it doesn't really matter, right? But, you know, and, and I, I, I came from it from having just finished, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? Where, mm -hmm. um, which if you haven't seen, it, I'm just about to spoil it for you. Where at the end of it, Falcon, you know, he becomes Captain America, right? And so you have now a black Captain America, um, you know, and they're and and the 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 show that show is really grounded. Deals a lot with the things about you know being a black man is going to then uh, you know have the stars and stripes on you that you're representing America and what all that means, right? So, but putting that aside, to me, the thing with Superman was it seemed, it felt forced, right? Like, it felt like, so, is it, it, you know, there is a difference between we've moved on to another character that is Black, or we have retconned and made, like, you know, a lesser-known character Black, like when Daredevil first came out, most people didn't know anything about the Kingpin, so having Michael Hark Clark Duncan play him was fine. Mm -hmm. But Superman, being the most well-known superhero ever, right, you, you know, to, to make a Black Superman, you know, just seems to me kind of, uh, forced and unimaginative, right? Um, it feels unimaginative because it feels like you're just taking an existing character, an existing idea, and saying, hey, let's just make him black. 
right? Instead of, you know... Because that is what they're doing, right? But there were were other characters that, from Krypton, that were black characters in the books. They're making Kal-El black, right? Yes. That's what we're talking about, just so I'm square? Yes, that's exactly what they're doing. They're making making Kal-El black, and they're uh, it's from a, a, another book, the source material is from a different book where uh, he his name is spelled K-A-L-E-L, right? And so, um, you know, in, in that, I mean, I imagine it's pronounced Khalil, but I come from a predominantly black family, so I know his mama called him Khalil, right? <laughs> so, so then... You know, and that and that's what he is. And so he's then he becomes Superman and he's president, right? So it's a love letter to Barack Obama. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, acknowledge you know, it, it, they acknowledge it. It's a love letter to Barack Obama, and he's the president, right? And so I, I felt that, you know, so my quibble with the source material, and I'll get back to my original. My quibble with the source material is that it's like, okay, so you've decided to finally make Superman black and you've turned him into a dictator, right? Because I understand how any <laughs> governmental system works. If the leader can shoot lasers out of his eyes, it's a dictatorship. Yeah, right. right. So that's, right. that's what we've got. It could be and authoritarian so, with a heart over it, but it's ex- still ex- authoritarian. It's still authoritarian, exactly. Yeah. And so, so I, I, I didn't like I didn't like that part of the show anyway. But the the thing to me about it when I felt it was ham fisted was really I felt it missed the mark on two opportunities. One, as we were just talking about with Jupiter's legacy, um, and you know you could even say the same thing with with Invincible. I'm going to guess, but like with Jupiter's legacy, let's face it, you know the Utopian is Superman. If you look at the boys, Homelander is Superman. You could make a whole nother story with a black character that has these same powers and make all of the same arguments and have all of the same discussions and have all of the same storylines and everything. And it doesn't matter that he's not named Superman. He's not named Kal-El, Kal-El you know, Kal-El, right? <laughs> so, yeah, no, Khalil. So yeah, right. Yeah, right? that is uh, canon. Head canon's already set <laughs> for that, yeah, Khalil. Exactly. Yeah, so, um, but, so in having it, so to me, it, it seemed that that's kind of what my reaction was. And I was surprised that I had that reaction. Uh, but it is kind of just, I was like, there's no, I didn't see a value or benefit to making him black. My second point about what I feel they missed the mark on was they messed up in the movies. And they could have done Reign of Superman. Reign of Superman has oh, a black Superman yes. feel, right? Well, now, John Henry Shaq, Irons. John Henry Irons, yeah. right. Now, Shaq made, made a horrible movie with that. But you 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 already have a black Superman, John Henry Irons, in in the canon there, right? They could do Reign of Superman, you know, and then and all that all works and it makes sense and it's fine. To me, this just seemed like I said, it just it just seemed ham ham handed and forced. I, I I take my cues from Ray Fisher, who also said, "Yeah, the timing of this seems a little suspicious." <laughs> yeah, after yeah. all the stuff they've gone through, and then suddenly now there's a black Superman. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but I, I agree with everything Ocean said a thousand percent, and that, that's 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 my thought too. Like at, at the same time, I, I actually had this this conversation with somebody too, saying, "But it's not Superman." Was what it came down to. I said, "Like create a brand new person from and or you don't even have to like like John Harris is great pull. Also, all of Milestone. Why not set up their own universe? Like there's all these great black heroes that were created for that, including Static Shock, who has a huge following. Like set that up as as its own MCU. Develop everything off of there, and that's that's the the cornerstone of your entire universe. You can have everything spin off of, out of there. Why not? But sending why? But it's Superman is the argument. It's like that true. So at the same time, will I go see it? Will I will I support it? Yeah, absolutely. But it does seem like 
is it really going to happen or is it just one of those things that they like to put out as a PR announcement and then three years later they quietly kill oh we're going in a different direction yeah they, right we'll see uh, we'll but, see yeah, I mean, they, they got Tana but if they cast Michael B. Jordan I am first in line and they, they got Tana Hasi Coast to write it so I think that it's gonna right oh, exactly like, oh I mean yeah. it's it's like they're already putting together and yeah. so like what I said try to keep an open mind yeah you know like I'm, I'm hoping that they they put the right talent together they let them have the right amount of creative freedom uh, and, a, and a decent budget, you know, don't cheap out on this, uh, and you can really make something amazing. But yeah, it does it does have a, a bit of a whiff of desperation about it. Oh, uh, that's too bad. Uh, you, you mentioned Michael B. Jordan. Uh, can I just ask if either of you guys watched Without Remorse? I, I have. I, I watched it, and I enjoyed, I'm going to say the first two-thirds, maybe even the first three-fourths. You know, it was yeah, yeah. I I did I did see it. So, but uh, um, I guess my 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 opinions. I what 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 was your thoughts about without remorse? You know, here's the problem. That Michael B. Jordan, he's a hell of a man. I watch him punch anything. Like I just enjoy the hell out of that guy. Like he's just great. He's great when he's like when he's up to his nose in water, sneaking around, shooting guys from underwater. He's great when he's running through a blown up building. He's great. The fact that they gave him the most ridiculous script. I mean, we were talking about (laughs) about plot points in the movie Dolomite. And I don't mean Dolomite is my name, but Dolomite, the original that were absolutely insane in that movie that they use in without remorse with impunity. I don't know. I don't know how they get away with with the entire premise. It's so stupid. So I I feel like this is just a, a moment to say, well, with her, uh, Tom Clancy, right? What are they doing with this, these properties? Because they're not great. I feel like there is great opportunity for the character uh, of Clark. And I think, you know, the the whole Rainbow series is, is something that, that would be fun. I had I had fun, but these were the saddest, emptiest calories of movie watching that I've had in a long time. I was pretty depressed. Yeah, I I, I agree with most of that. I don't think I, I I think I enjoyed it a little bit more than you did. I, but I did find that the yeah, I guess there's really two ridiculous pit plot points that I just one I just decided to go with the whole he's in a Russian prison and then he beats up all the guards and then they get him out right that was all there yeah. was a lot of ridiculousness there and I was like you know what I'm just gonna go with this because you know I've, I've I've watched Fast and the Furious so I know how to go with the movie <laughs> when I when I want to right because again because it's Michael B. Jordan who is great in this movie he is right? great and honestly yeah. I'm watching the movie thinking hey they they basically spent all the money on Michael B. Jordan and like just picking up other actors on the street you yeah, know, that that's they, you exactly know, just, that's exactly what happened. Someone else and they shot like, it at, at like somebody's house. Exactly, is, is, they yeah, just yeah, blew right. up a house <laughs> right, with Michael right. B. Jordan in it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We need we need somebody in here, right? Yeah. So yeah, so that's kind of what what it felt like there. And then you know, there is aspects of the ending, which you know, since uh, you have not seen it, Kyle, I will not spoil for you. But there's there's aspects of the ending where you feel like, hey, if it goes, it's one of those things of where when you're watching an ending and you're seeing the crescendo and you're thinking to yourself, if it goes this way, it will be great, and if it goes this way, it will be bad and it goes that way it goes the bad way you're like oh yeah you know this could have been amazing if it had just done this but nope they had to do that you know and the and the that is the stereotypical hollywood thing that you've you know you've seen it a million times you 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 know it's coming a mile away but they set up the ability they really set up a legitimate ability to do something different with how this movie ended and then just squandered it 
Oh man, that's one. Those ones that hurt the most. It does. It hurts the most. Oh, it's so easy. You can just just, uh, yeah. The slightest pivot. A butterfly flaps Mm -hmm. and swings in Tokyo. In New York, you get rain instead of sunshine. Uh, I, anyway, I I miss uh, you know I miss Red October is really what this is. I miss those kinds of adaptations, and uh, I'm not getting. Uh, I, I feel like I'm not getting them. I miss. Uh, I'm not some junkyard dog, uh, and we certainly <laughs> did not get it. Don't respond well to both. Uh, do, yes. do you like the 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 Jack Ryan show? Because I, I like I season the show one. Changeable. Yeah. I like season one uh, quite a bit, and I thought season two, they are taking that character and making him an action star, and he's not an action star. Uh, they, it's, I, I think that's, uh, that's really unfortunate because it, you lose the, the natural sense of conflict, uh, of inner character conflict by making him such a hero. And um, and I struggle with that. I, I think it's it it's it went and the second season was kind of bananas. Uh, I'm still going to watch the next one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, empty yeah. calories, but um, oh. they got the right people for all these yes. things to do interesting things. And that's where I'm really conflicted because I, I again, I would absolutely watch uh, Michael B. Jordan do another round as uh, Clark. I would absolutely, I will absolutely continue to show up to Jack Ryan because uh, I, I think he's doing a great job. Uh, but I just wish there was more there. there. Crossover. What's well, maybe, that? Crossover. Exactly. Maybe they <laughs> could bring them together. Well, yeah. I think they could bring them together. Jack Ryan would do perform a lot of analysis and they're then, all Amazon then, stuff, then right? Would go, right, and then Clark would go and they're, kill I everybody. I think they're, right? <laughs> they're making a Division movie. Yeah. So, I mean, like, have them cross over into there. I that's mean. right. That's right. I can totally see that this, this maybe this is the uh, the Rainbow Cinematic Universe that we're creating yeah. here. Yeah. That's, well, maybe they, they have bigger, bigger well, they, plans. It's clearly the same universe, right? Because the, the, yeah. Clark's commander was the niece of, oh, what is it, William Greer. Right? Yeah, which, which, which when, when they said his name, I was like James Earl Jones. You know, yeah. that's all I could they think just of. they they're just messing yeah. with the yeah. with the time, right? Because yeah. this was definitely a, a, a not a prequel to any of the Jack no. Ryan stuff, no. and that's what it would have been if we were in the earlier version of these stories. Oh, okay. Uh, because Clark, I, I felt when we met Clark in the original story movie movies, mm-hmm. uh, he was all already. This stuff was already done. He was already retired. He was not working for the military at that point. When he was uh, Willem, Willem Dafoe. In which movie? He, he goes, it wasn't the third one? Doesn't Willem Dafoe play Clark? Now I might have to look this up. In the third, oh, you mean the, the you mean the Harrison Ford Not clear Ford and present one. date. Yeah, the Harrison, Harrison Ford, Ford ones. Yeah, I, I, I zoned out on those. I, I feel like honestly, what? your whole, well, your whole first season, second season to me is like the first season of Jack Ryan is the Alec Baldwin movie and the second season is the Harrison Ford movie. You don't like the Harrison Fords. <laughs> well, no. Oh, I, I, Ocean, I think, no. We're I think, in the, we, I, I get it now. I, I, I'm with Ocean I, in this. All, all I remember is just Harrison Ford in a suit running. Exactly. That's, that's my entire I, I, memory of those honestly, movies. Honestly, I think my problem with it is while I did not at the time articulated anywhere near as well as you just did just now, Pete. My problems with the two movies, the second and third movie is he's an action star. Because in the yeah. first one, he's really an analyst who has a hunch and he just gets yeah. put in certain situations. He's not really kind of going for it. Where in the Harrison Ford ones, it's like, you know, he's breaking out the M16s and sunglasses and, you know, just starting to... I, I just, think it's this. I think action. it's this. Is that uh, uh, I don't think Harrison Ford looks as good uh, doing those things. He still looks clumsy with an M16. He doesn't look like an action hero. They shouldn't have sent him to Columbia, but he always looks like that disheveled kind of, uh, I'm, I'm a fish out of water, it just standing in pants. And uh, I, I think Krasinski is too much of a man 
now. He's all beefed up and handsome, and he just looks too good. So, yes. Damn him. And well, it was Willem <laughs> Dafoe. He was, uh, he was Clark, and that's where we met him. But he was already an older guy. He'd already passed through his active duty stuff. He was already later in his career by the time we met him for the first time. So okay. that's it. Have we talked at all on the side of Matinee about the NBC canceling the Golden Globes? And I say, long overdue. That's my hot take. <laughs> Finally, the Golden Goals have been a joke for years. Everybody in Hollywood knows it. And now finally when they're started to say, hey, maybe racial equality. And they went, sure, we'll get right on that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I remember watching an episode of uh, Adam Ruins Everything where they explained basically how the Golden Globes work and the sheer amount of graft that's involved in getting your guy or film a golden globe and it was shocking to me and i was like oh this is one of those open secrets everybody's like yeah want a golden globe how much is it gonna cost yeah right yeah well you know i mean the uh, politics of it aside which i think that exists in both the globes and the oscars there's gonna be a level of politics to it i think that uh to me with the with the golden globes part of it was that you know yes they they definitely have lost their way some in terms of you know what level of diversity they're going to have uh some of their uh, nominations don't make sense in terms of like you know uh, get out being for best musical or comedy which it, nobody sings and it's not funny um you, you know so you know you have things like that you know you have little areas where like that right but i think that uh to me you know one of the things that I was most surprised by was when I found out what the Hollywood Foreign Press is, like what it takes to be in the Hollywood Foreign Press, about how you have to be a journalist who is has works on an international desk talking about movies, but you have to live in L.A., right? And and even though, yes, L.A. is a, is a you know, L.A. is a diverse town, it's going to still have, well— Journalists don't make a lot of money. So typically, if you're a journalist living in L.A. reporting about things that are not in L.A., then you probably already have money because you're not making a lot of money doing it, right? And so I think that, that that helps shallow your pool some, and that kind of explains how they got to where they are. But yeah, they definitely do need to change. And I think that it is... I'm curious what will the after effect be because let's face it, the Golden Globes is a was a fun show to watch because, you know, the stars, all the stars showed up and got drunk, right? But once it's off... TV, then it's just another award show like like the Critics' Choice Award, People's Choice Award, just something you know, something no one pays attention to. And so then I'm curious about if if the Golden Globes take this kick in the pants and then to you know make the changes necessary to you know come to, you know co- join us in modern times, right, and be more diverse in your selection, will NBC or some other network bring it back? Right. Because once the, you know, like, will the stars go back to it again? Will they bring it back on TV? I think to me, it's kind of a two part thing. It seems to be that this is being couched as if it's a one year suspension punishment. But I'm wondering if this is that we've, have we seen our last Golden Globe? Well, Tom Cruise has returned his. So three. Yeah. yeah, yeah Time but for everybody else to follow. I mean, it's 20 years ago. And what does that do? I mean, like, what, uh, yeah, what is, it just seems like, an, like it seems like an empty What a plastic. brave, brave, Ex- empty exactly. gesture. Yeah, right, if you look right. on Wikipedia, it still says he won, you know, I mean, just because yeah. he doesn't have the drink. He yet. still won. Yeah, exactly. So I guess it opens up a bigger question of do award shows even matter anymore? Like in a, no. in a post-COVID Did, world. I don't know. Did you saw see the Oscars, the Oscars? <laughs> basically crash and burn? No. no, no, I didn't. And nor did most of America right. or the world. No. And so that makes you wonder, are we kind of done with that now? Or is it just one of these hiccups in terms of like, yeah, right now, nobody's really interested in watching millionaires give golden trophies to each other. Let's Let's have a bigger global perspective for a little bit. And maybe we'll come back around to it. Or is it, yeah, that was a fluke and now we're done with that. We've moved on to other things. I think the Oscars will come back when theaters open up and people go back to it. 
I, I, to me, that's what I really think it is. I mean, I, I have a lot of quibbles with the Oscars for sure. Um, you know, and I've basically the way I would couch my thing, let's list them. exactly. Well, we I guess don't the, have the, time. The, the way, yeah, the way, <laughs> yeah, no, for real. You know, at a high level. So since, since we're since we're having a philosophical conversation about award shows, and the Golden Globes, I actually enjoy more because the Golden Globes, to me, they do more effort. They always have done more effort in, in rewarding things people watch. Now, granted, they have the television yes. end of it, which was good, but even with the movies, it was stuff people watched, right? And so the, the thing to me with the Oscars is that I've come to realize that the Oscar really, Oscars really serve two purposes. One, they are rewarding good work, right? But at the same time, they're also promoting new movies, right? Because you have all these, you always have movies that were released two weeks ago, and now they got Oscar nominations, right? You know, and that's Part of what they're doing, the Oscars is also saying, hey, here's a movie you maybe haven't seen that has these great performances in it, and you should check it out, right? And, you know, sometimes that makes me want to see them, and sometimes they're great, and sometimes I see them, and, and I understand people like them, but I don't think they're great, you know, and that's and that's kind of the grab bag of what it is. But the problem to me with the show is the Oscars as a show is, you know, it's kind of like the closest acting gets to being a sport, right? And it's hard to have a rooting interest in a sport when you have no idea who any of the teams are, right? And so, so it makes the show less interesting for me, right? Now, once things go... Now, this, this year was worse than most, right? Whereas, like, I paid a lot of attention to, these, to movies as much as you could in streaming, and they still managed to find a bunch of movies to nominate that I'd never heard of, right? And so I think that once theaters comes back in line, it comes back on, and, you know, movies get bigger, and, you know, in that, the next following years, and hopefully then the Oscars will have just, you know, one or two movies you haven't heard of instead of, you know, eight, right, you know, that they're nominating. And then that, I think, I think the Oscars will come back. But the Golden Globes, I, I don't know. I'd be okay if both of them uh, took a break. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. I think the Oscars are, are going to come back. I, I hope that they bring back hosts because I don't know what Soderbergh was trying to do this year. It didn't work. Uh, and um, I, I know lots of challenges. It didn't work. Um, so lots of things they could do to improve just the presentation and make it more entertaining. The Golden Globes, I, I just, I'm bearish on award shows in general. Like, I think it is just such an exercise of privilege and pomp and circumstance. And uh, I, I don't necessarily believe that it's really awarding the people who do the best work in the business. And I think that's really frustrating. So um, it, it's hard to watch. I sort of watch through, like, you know, through fingers when I watch these things. So the fact that NBC decides to take a knee on the Golden Globes in 2022, fine. But too, you know, too long coming. And, and, and not to diminish anyone who's ever won a Golden Globe, because they still did a lot more work than yeah. I have ever done in right. the business. Uh, and, and also the fact that, like Ocean was saying, the only way a comedy movie is going to get any awards is at the Golden Globes, because to Oscar... No Comedy shown exists. Comedy yeah. Exists, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, okay, knives out casting. Last bit of hot buzz. Yeah, that has been amazing. Like every time a new name is announced, it gives me an extra thrill. Like it has been fantastic. First of all, we we Ryan Johnson got a huge paycheck <laughs> to write get the next two knives out thing from Netflix. Very very exciting. And then they yeah exactly the names start coming out. Dave Batista, Edward Norton. How about that? Um, uh, Janelle Monet just came out. And then today, as, as we're going to press, Catherine Hahn. I like, know. I mean, like, I would pay top dollar just to go to dinner with these people. Like, yes, yes, yes. A thousand <laughs> times I will go to that movie just on the strength of those names alone. Plus, plus the fact that it's the sequel to an amazing, amazing movie. I'm so in the bag for Ryan Johnson. This is going to be great. Does it make you want to watch Jedi again? Or... 
It does. I the Last Jedi. I love Last Jedi. It's one of my favorite Star Wars. Right. Movies. That's where you and you, I you are. Had me and lost spirits. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Love it. Had me and lost. Let me. the past die. Oh Kill it if you have right. to. But then they retrocon the next one to bring it all back. I mean, start is. Yeah, don't get me started. All right. So with Knives Out, though, I I do agree that when I heard that they were doing a sequel, I had a lot of trepidation because I liked the first movie and thought they were going to try to bring back all the same characters. Now that I realize that they're just bringing the the detective. And then they're just going to insert him into a different, I'm just assuming here, a different mystery. Because you know, I haven't seen anything where they've, they haven't put anything much out about what the plot is going to be. But like, they're going to put him into a different mystery, right? With different characters that have different motivations. And, I, and so I, I am excited about that aspect of it. And that, that allows them to really kind of play with characters and play with writing, play with the story, and really do things that are different and imaginative. Because... You know, you, you you already know who the detective is, and you're with him. But everybody else is all brand new, so you have to get new, uh, new. Uh, you have to get to know them in a new. You have to get new alliances, new allegiances. You may or may not care about certain characters, and it's. It, I think that that makes it into where you can take a, a sequel that makes it that into a very new, a fresh and new movie. I, I hope so. I hope he. I hope they manage to make this weird inspector uh, another mm-hmm. great weird inspector i love yes. weird inspectors right give me a new poirot give me a new right. holmes give me a new right at benoit blanc should be the next miss marple that's fine <laughs> i'll take it i'll take it i think daniel craig is great for it and uh and i i even think his weird accent plays yeah yeah me too i'll take it all right knives out uh let's do let's do trailers Oh, trailers. Oh, trailers. We had some, uh, looks like Ocean was first. You got it in first, and uh, you went, uh, I'm going to say, off-brand. There were a lot of trailers I could imagine you picking this week. This mm-hmm. was not one of them. I 100% intentionally went off-brand. <laughs> uh, yes, 100%. And, and, and here is basically what I chose was is a coming-of-age story about a pair of unassuming young boys who carry a big secret as they are actually sea monsters. Uh, <laughs> Luca, Luca and Alberto appear as human on land where they explore a quaint little Italian seaside village. And the name of the movie, which comes out on Disney Plus June 18th, is Luca. <laughs> Wow. Luca. Ah! That was hard to watch. You, uh, coming? We do not go anywhere near the surface. Got it? Everything good is above the surface. Walking. Air! (gasps) The sky, clouds, the sun. Whoa, don't look at it. Just kidding. Definitely look at it. Have you ever gone to the human town? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of an expert. Yeah. Hey, little heads. Someone got lucky today. Hmm? Hey, leave them alone. Hop on. Go start a club for losers. My name is Giulia Marcovaldo. We underdogs have to look out for each other. What's under the dogs? <laughs> this is my dad. Why do you think he kills with those? Anything that swims. <laughs> huh? <laughs> I decided I wanted to recommend something 
different than what I normally do. Um, I think that this movie looks like a fun summer movie that I can watch with my kids. And I recognize that my kids, who my boys, who are now 12 and 15, they are you know a little old for this movie, right? And I'll be pretending that they're younger than they both are, right? But because really what they want to watch with me is Mortal Kombat. But I was like, hey, let's watch this. You know, this looks like an interesting take on a familiar idea. It's a nice, fun light movie with which looks to have a positive message at the end of it. And so I think that, you know, even though my kids are older now and will not want to watch this, as they get through it, they will they will enjoy it and love it just, you know, because it looks like a great movie. Um, and so, you know, also it's, it's written by, you know, Jesse Andrews and Mike Jones. And uh, uh, Mike Jones recently wrote the, who's one of the writers on the Pixar movie Soul, right? And so I think that it's, it's going to come from, I think the story itself is coming from a good pedigree of people that are making this, and it looks it looks just entertaining, light, and fun. A nice summer family movie to, you know, you know, I'm gonna you know get as many of the last little bits of my kids being young that I can out of as you should. I I think it looks cute, um, and I, I'm really in the bag for Maya Rudolph after Mitchell's versus the Machines, and uh, yeah. I just loved her her voice work. I'm really excited to see that she's in this one. Jacob Tremblay's come a long way since The Room, right? Since Room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm glad he got out of that thing because now he has a career straight up. Um, and, and finally, I don't know if you guys watch any CBS Sunday morning. Do you, do you ever watch CBS the, Sunday morning? The new show? Yeah, the new show. Yeah, yes, uh, I, I have it seen that. it yes. feels good. You know, Jane yeah. Pauley tells you what to feel good about. Uh, they do a spot every uh, every couple of weeks with Jim Gaffigan, who comes to you from his quarantine pad in New York with his five children and his wife, and he's not doing well. I'm surprised <laughs> that he's in this movie because I expect him to be like eating lice out of somebody's hair. Uh, so it's it's great. It I think it looks like a good cast and a funny, unique take on. On the I, I'm gonna say it fish out of water story exactly hey, hey. Um, <laughs> yeah I, I like the fact that Pixar does not have a house style so you look at this and it has a completely different animated style the character design is different than than soul or than Toy Story than Bugs Life you don't have that same sort of look that a lot of the the last couple of Disney movies have sort of the same the princesses kind of look like they could all be sisters like that kind of thing this has a very very different uh, style to it and I, I think it looks sweet I think it was funny I think it looks original I, I can't wait to see what they do this but how do you guys think that Pixar feels about being the uh, the home team for Disney plus yeah last two yeah. movies straight to video straight to video although yeah. if you look at the you know premium players in the streaming market Disney plus is Disney plus right is up there, up there. But, yeah. 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 It kind of makes me. I just wonder, like how how they how they feel about that because yeah. uh, you know, I would think the theatrical they, sort of the the ritzy place to go. Yeah, I would think they're kind of getting a kickback, and also I think that if the the people that make these movies, I mean, they're making kids movies, right? And so they have to kind of have some some perspective on. Even even the people that feel comfortable going to theaters now are not necessarily. I think bringing the people kids. Pixar would probably disagree with that. That they're not making kids movies. That they're making. Yeah, that I don't. They would. I would not say that they think that they're making kids movies. I think they're making movies for everyone. Yeah, but yeah. they're making movies that you when you, if I look, I'm not. I, I look forward to seeing this movie, but there was no way I'd see it in the theater, right? You know, so, you know I'm not, I was never going to do yeah, the that. The pandemic has been very good be for that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah so the last that. movie I saw in theaters was Onward. Did you bring your kids? 
No. Yeah, of course I did. That was the whole family thing. <laughs> okay. So then some of, yeah. some of my point really is you're you're just proving my point. You bring your kids this, right? <laughs> it's not like you and you, you and the fellas got together and was like, hey guys, let's go check out. You know, I, I, you know what? I have a group of fellas who would absolutely do that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'm telling you. Uh I, I think it's I, I think it's good. I, I'm gonna need to hear a little bit of buzz uh on it because it's it doesn't feel like soul to me. Soul was a lock. Mm-hmm. I would have seen that in the theaters, absolutely. Uh and and this doesn't quite feel like a lock there yet. So we'll get some buzz. See, Onward wasn't either. Uh, Onward was not worth it to me to see in the theater <laughs> ah, after okay. watching it. Um Soul, right up there. Uh anyway, Kyle, you're next. Yes. Uh, so I also took a little bit of a left turn, too, because uh, this came across my path, didn't even know it existed, uh, and now totally blown out of the water by it. So a new Stephen King adaptation starring Julianne Moore coming only to Apple TV+. Plus. This is Lizzie's story. I'm on a bull hunt. What's a bull hunt? Like a scavenger hunt Scott and his brother made up when they were kids. Mrs. Landon. I just thought I'd give it one more try in person. Scott's unpublished words need to be collected, examined. You are never going to see his papers. She won't let them go. I'll get those papers for you. Scott Landon's books change. Do you remember that night you asked if I was crazy? I believed in it. That's how strong his imagination is. There's a place. I'll take you there. What is this? Where are we? You solve all the riddles, find all the clues, and you get a prize. Where we went today, was it real? Or was it my imagination? So I'm an old school Stephen King fan. Like I, I, I read all the stuff in in high school and college stuff too. And I pretty much the time the Dark Tower series wrapped up, I kind of stepped away, uh, and so I haven't really gone back. So everything from there on is sort of new to me. So all the things that he's showing up are, I, I, I get to come to them blank. I don't have any preconceived notions because I don't know the stories that are going to be told. And the same thing with this one. I can see, even if I, the name wasn't on screen, I could say this was a Stephen King because it's he's playing the same notes. I mean, you know, after a certain point, you, you find your lane. And so, like, the tortured writer and the the, the death of... I mean, like, I think... I looked at him like, this isn't this Bag of Bones? Because it's almost the exact same story, uh, except that, obviously, now it's going a different direction. But I like the fact that in in the current times that they are approaching Stephen King material with... A, a new luster like there's there's a like w- with it uh there's there's sort of this this push to like how about we put a lot of time and resources and frights into a stephen king story rather than just playing by the the same notes we've always played uh and so I'm, I'm interested to see what they go where they go with this and it's always nice to see apple tv plus get something that isn't prestige drama <laughs> <laughs> I, that was good. I had to wait for the drop uh, yeah. on that one. It is. It you said it's a series, right? It's a limited series. Uh, it's eight yeah, episodes. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is, that surprised me. It's not a movie because the trailer oh. tricked me. It yeah, tricked I thought it was a me. movie. 
Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it, because it, it is a relentless trailer and it nowhere in there does it suggest Mm-mm. that you're watching a, a trailer for a for a series. Uh my I, I think it's uh, I think it looks like exactly you're right, exactly what it says on the tin. Remember when um uh, uh <laughs> Clive Owen just did BMW commercials? Like uh-huh. man, that guy's come a long way. <laughs> oh man. The hire was so good. So though. good. It was, it was so good. Yeah, well, you know, he did inside job in the Sin City, and then his career took off. Right. That's right. Yeah. Nailed it. What'd yeah. you think? Shoot him up. Yeah, no, I, I, I found that I, I did find the trailer interesting, and and I'm uh, again in this. I guess the, uh, I find my reactions now a little bit different. So when I saw the trailer, I thought it was a movie, and it looked good. And I looked at the movie and I was like, oh, this movie looks really good. I'm never going to watch this. Right? You know, so. <laughs> now that you know you'd have to watch it eight times, what do you well, think? That's the thing that's weird. As a TV show, I'm like, well, wait a minute. Now, now we've got a little something we can do with it, right? So, so this is a horse of a different color. So now I'm kind of like, well, all right, well, maybe I'll watch it now. So yeah, now I'm, I, I, I now I'm, I'm, I am actually happier, Kyle, that you shared this with us. So that hmm. now I know that my Apple TV Plus subscription will actually be worth something. Because my right? God, every month they dare me to cancel them because they're just bringing me. Yes, <laughs> like they're yeah, yeah. It's, it, they're daring me every month. Thank goodness Ted Lasso's oh out. God, yeah, yeah, it's coming. Yeah. Fish for all mankind. Yeah. It was like okay, well, exactly, uh, yeah. I think we're done here. Oh, Mythic Quest came back. The first Mythic two Quest. episodes Quest have been back. great. Mythic Quest kept me going. Yep. So yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, when does it? Did you say when it drops? Do we know? It's just like fall. It drops on June fourth. June fourth. All right, line it up. Uh, sounds good. All right, my trailer. I got. Wait, I, I, I got. I went home. I went to my roots. With this trailer. Uh, this is a story about a guy who uh, looks and acts a lot like my uncle Glenn. I'm talking about <laughs> Stillwater. The day you left from Marseille, I drove to the airport. I went to the gift shop and I saw this necklace. Gold said steel water on it. I thought it'd be a little piece of home to take with you. Some folks are born made to wear the fly. You're in Marseille for vacation? Yeah, I'll visit my daughter. You're the father of the girl did the American student? Yes, ma'am. Allison came here for college, and that's where she met this girl, Lena. One night, she found Lena dead and called the police. All they cared about was Allison sleeping with some Arab girl. I loved her. I know you did. But everybody thinks that I killed her. We have exhausted every possible legal action. Is the lawyer not helping you? I'm doing it myself for now. I could help. What's your name? Maya. Maya. That's nice. She's very protective with me. You seen that guy before? No one would talk to you, trust me. I'm not from here. It's not safe for you. She's my little girl. Uh, I just watched uh, Goodwill Hunting with the family, uh, and I was reintroduced to the charming and young. Matt Damon. Imagine what a surprise it is to turn around and look at this some 30 years later and see he still looks exactly like that, but he walks bow-legged and talks like my family. 
this is uh, Stillwater's a story. It, it's essentially uh, dad revenge porn, which it, like uh, Taken and uh, Nobody is uh, currently uh, great. Uh, but this time we get a, a Stillwater oilman, and he goes to Europe to uh, try to rescue his estranged daughter, uh, uh, Abigail Breslin. I don't know. The the trailer, I think, told pretty much all the story. It's one of those ripped from the headline stories. Like, we've seen this story in the New York Times for years. Uh, can Do they pull it off with, uh, with Matt Damon uh, at the helm? He looks good. I hope they pull it off because I don't know if I could stand, like, listening to him. Uh, like pull off this character for two hours. Uh, it's gonna have to be gonna have to be strong. But but the trailer was compelling enough, and the character work I think is risky enough uh, that uh, I I think it's worth at least talking about. It comes from director Tom McCarthy, uh, writers uh, Thomas Bidigain and Noé Debray. Uh, what you guys think? Okay, so I'm in the I, I enjoy Matt Damon, right? So therefore, I was already there. I'm already halfway there seeing that. It looks like. I don't know. It looks kind of, so. I'm not going to movie like if my wife wanted to watch it, I'd, I'd probably watch it with her, right? And so it it looks. It, I, I agree with you because I was like, so it's taken, but he's getting his girl out of prison and not out of the other thing, you know. So so there's there's part of it where it's like, well, it's at the end of the day, if it wasn't Matt Damon, I I don't think this would hit me at all. Like I wouldn't be interested in it much at all. Uh, it looks like, but it looks. Because it's Matt Damon and the trailer looks good, it looks like it should be well acted and well made movie. Um, I'm the main thing I'm even curious about is how they're portraying France because I'm not really sure. Like they 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 make it seem like he's flying it like she's going to France to college, but whenever he's in France, he seems to be in the slums of France, right? And that's where he is versus where she went to college, right? So it's kind of like going. So is she going to college in the slums of France? Are we saying France is a slum? Like what is what's what's going on with France here, right? Not I think and I think that. To me, that was part of my takeaway of the movie of if I'm watching this trailer and my main concern is how are we treating France? I'm like, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not the target demo. Well, let me just add more grist for the mill. As concerned as I might be about what's going on with this movie, am I as concerned about the station agent or the visitor or win-win with Paul Giamatti or uh, The Cobbler or, dare I say, Spotlight? All of those are Tom McCarthy films. Ah, okay. Uh, he That's directed all of those, and uh, I was not a fan of some of them, but I was very much a fan of others, and they are broadly critically appealing. So the question is, does that CV allow you to trust this piece of work? No, <laughs> is the answer. Uh, because uh, it looks too good to be a bad movie, and that's really what this seems like. You know, like a you know, an angry dad from Oklahoma goes to get his girl out of prison. Yeah, yeah. And then you go, that Damon, you go, oh, because now it's going to be prestige drama yeah. with thrilling elements to it. Like this should be a trashy B movie. But it looks like it's going to be like a deep meditation on the justice system and uh, um, ugly American traveling over to. Oh, I'm already asleep. I like, it uh, was it really pushed pushed a button when she yeah. said you're acting like an American and he said I, I am one. I yeah, I punched rules, myself yeah. in the neck. Uh, <laughs> it was it yeah. was rough. Uh, but you can watch it uh, July 30th, 2021. If you or you could not, you or you could watch something different. It, you got yeah. choice. I uh, see on the vulture, uh, their headline was Matt Damon brings uh, Bath 
pro shop energy to France <laughs> in the Stillwater trailer. <laughs> I think that pretty much nails how I feel about it. Nails it. <laughs> oh, and with that, uh, let's play a game. I got a I got a call from Kyle, and he says, "Hey, you can host, but." I'm going to do a game, and also, I don't expect you to get many points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, making, I'm making my own political statement with this. Is, no, is you specific to Pete, or are you just yeah. saying that you expect both of us to be dumbfounded? <laughs> no, both of you. No, that's it. it's, it's, it's going to be okay. fun. So don't worry. It's, it, but uh, So this is the Owen Davian game. Do you know to... why I'm calling it the Owen Davian no game? No idea why you're calling you know it Owen that. Davian is? No, I don't even know who Owen Davian is. And that's exactly my point, because while there are many, many memorable villains, there are lots of villains Mission from Impossible. Very, very popular movies, there you go, <laughs> who we entirely forget their names. Oh, so no. this game is all about the villains played by very, very popular actors in very, very big movies that you have totally forgotten their names. Oh, this oh, wow. is going to so, go dark fast. Yeah. I, don't worry. I have, I, and I, I, have a, I have a couple of ringers in here. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Nice. Right. Yeah, right. And he is the worst of them. He puts the blowing up thing in her neck. That's right. See what I'm saying? These, a lot of these are great performances, and these are in great movies, and you have totally forgotten the who name. these people's yeah, names are. Right. Uh, so, I, but I have a couple of ringers in here movies i know specifically that you two have seen and so darth uh, vader you, is darth vader in there be, oh man there's my first one gone, gone so uh there will be ones that you will definitely definitely get and if not you should be embarrassed and then all the audience will be laughing and we'll all have a good time okay all okay. right so uh we're gonna start with uh so that what here's what I, the first thing i'm going to give you the the villain's name your job is to tell me the actor and the movie that they were in Okay. For a potential two points. <laughs> so and if, and so I'm going to go back and forth, and uh, then if you do not get it, then the other person can steal. All right. The actor in the movie they were in. Here. Okay. All right. Right. Okay. So Pete, first one's for you. Simon Gruber was the brother of Hans Gruber, and he was in the Die Hard uh, Three with the sandwich board, <laughs> and he was played by. <laughs> That's not that's that's not the that's not the tagline. <laughs> it's, not the one. <laughs> it's not Die Hard Three with the sandwich yeah, board. You are, you are circling Die Hard Three with the sandwich board, and he was played by um, one of the twins in that evil gynecologist movie. <laughs> How'd I do? Did I do okay, Cronenberg? Huh? No, it um, was. Uh, you're, you're you're circling, but uh, you haven't landed on either of the targets. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a real mind yeah. map. That's what I am. Yeah. I'm still clicking <laughs> through. Um, I, uh, okay, so he where he's got the. Uh, <laughs> Do I need to start a timer? I didn't think I'd have to. <laughs> I can't remember his. I can't remember his name. This, this is Do you remember the name of the movie? D- Die Hard was it? Die Hard Three with a Vengeance. No. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, the, the three is not actually in there. Die Hard you, with you a Vengeance. All the words yeah. and in the right order. Yeah. So, um, and it was played not by Alan Rickman because that's no. the name that I know. Um, yes. Don't go to the internet. I see you clicky clacking. I'm not. No, hands up. Okay. I'm not. I'm staring longingly into the middle distance. Um, Ocean, can you steal? Jeremy Irons. Jeremy freaking Irons. Jeremy, Jeremy Irons. I can't Irons. even remember the name of the evil gynecologist movie. Um, I, I don't. I don't uh, know that. Dead Ringer. Dead Ringers. Dead Ringers. Yeah. Yeah. We we did it on okay. the show. So right. Ocean. Yes. The evil villain known as Max Shrek. 
Oh, that's uh, Christopher Walken in uh, Batman Forever, which until exactly. until the Dark Knight was my favorite Batman movie. It was the <laughs> best of the uh, of the original four, and I can defend wow. that. Bold stance. Yes. Right. Looks like the there's a future silver liners in there. <laughs> Look, I'm Danny DeVito. Was, you know, you know, <laughs> Batman. You flush it. I find it. Batman. Batman Returns was too well reviewed for silver linings, so I don't think it's gonna work. <laughs> However, a, a piece of uh, behind the scenes footage of Batman Returns has recently been making the rounds that shows how good Michelle Pfeiffer was with the whip. Uh, oh. Actually, they they show the stunt where she is supposed to stand there and knock the heads off of the dummies. Mm-hmm. She does it in one take. Oh, really? Yes, in full costume with the bullwhip. Good for her. Knocks four heads off of four mannequins in a row. Flawless. Nice, thing. nice work, Michelle. Yeah, find that on YouTube. It's really cool. And everybody in the, in the, the whole crew just like stops and goes, "Oh my god, <laughs> you see what just happened?" That's awesome. all right. All right, back to you, Pete. Uh, Raul wait, wait. Silva. We're not just stopping now. I I, I feel comfortable here. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we got more to get through. <laughs> <laughs> Your villain is Raul I, Silva. I he was. If it helps, I can tell you what that's that his that's his villain name. I can tell you what his actual name was. No, no, no. He I, was born Tiago Rodriguez. Yeah, I already had it. Um, and it's because he's Inspector, and he was a Bond villain, and he was played by uh, what's his name with the cow <laughs> thing in that other movie, Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem, yes. And the movie was Spectre. No. Ocean, can you steal? Oh, it's Skyfall. Let the sky fall. Wait, so the question is, was he Inspector? He was mentioned Inspector, but he's not Inspector because he dead. Yeah, he died. Yeah, Spectre, Spectre was the ham-fisted one Damn, with you're right. uh, Christoph Waltz. Where they Christoph Waltz with no socks and his they, penny loafers. Oh, they, I wanted to where, die. Where they okay. committed the ultimate yep. James Bond sin in me, where I had to know what happened in four movies to understand this. I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Ocean. Yes. Um, Jean Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg. Oh, that is uh, Gary Oldman in the mm-hmm. Fifth Element. That is correct. Yes. Oh. yes. <laughs> All right. Heat. <sighs> okay. Tell me about August Walker, Texas Ranger. I I hope it's not Texas <laughs> Ranger. <laughs> no, not Texas Wait, Ranger. Okay. Nope. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's very. He has a very distinct power-up maneuver. Is it uh, Henry Cavill in Rogue Nation? It is Henry Cavill in (laughs) not Rogue Nation. Ocean, can you steal? No, no, it was. I got it. Can I do it? Can I unsteal? I, I, I I have no idea. So, yeah, I, yeah. Was it? What was the one right at? It was after that, right? It was Fallout. It was Fallout. <gasps> All right, you redeemed yourself. Because this is this was the this was the mustache controversy. We've talked yes. way too much about mustache that. Date. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Yes. His name was August Walker. Yeah. His name was August Walker. Mm. Can you believe yeah. that? Mm. Okay. All right. Ocean. Was he the villain uh, in that movie? Uh, it turns out. Spoiler. He, he well, became the villain. Well, okay. The movie. I don't know. I, I liked him. In that he movie. wasn't the villain, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he was. Yeah, I liked the villain. villain. I don't him being it, the it turns villain. out the main villain is like not an actor you would know at all. So it's like you would not know the character <laughs> name or the actor <laughs> yeah. name. So I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's not really right. Okay, uh, and your one is Alec Trevelyan. Trevelyan. Yeah. Uh, I can spell it for you if you don't. Know. That's not going to help. Yeah. Um, Alec Trevelyan. So 
I do you know Pete? I like think you're twitching is, over there. Because, I, got, I think I only I have, have no one idea, element. I don't because I have I, no idea, and I'm going to pay homage <laughs> to that name. It is Alex Trebek. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> rest in power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was so, it? I have no idea. Pete, can you steal? Was it Goldeneye? It is Goldeneye, and played by. Uh, I don't remember. He actually he, he dies. If that helps, <laughs> was it? Uh, what is with this? Uh, Sean Bean. Sean. Sean Bean. Bean. There you Sean go. Bean. Sean Bean's name was Alex. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. He, yeah. He was 006. Yeah. No, yeah. That would have been. Well, if you'd have said 006, I could have, I don't know who it was. <laughs> I know. That's why I didn't say that. All right. So that's the end of round one. And uh, Ocean, you are ahead by one. Wow. Point. Wow. It's a real nail biter. It is. Okay. So round two, things are going to change. This time, I'm going to give you the movie. I'm going to give you the actor. And your job is to give me the character name. Oh, my God. So, for instance, if I said Tombstone, Michael Bean, you'd say... Alex Trebek. Oh, oh, Johnny Johnny Ringo. Johnny Johnny Ringo. Ringo. No points for that, but that's the idea. One for each of you. Exactly. All right, we're going to... Pete, we're going to start with you. Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, Tom Hollinson. (laughs) <laughs> Tom Hollinson? Yes. Do I even know who Tom Hollinson is? <laughs> I would say there are three villains in At World's End. He also shows up in uh, the 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 subsequent which, one as well. Which but one is At World's End? That's it's the, the one, one with the big toilet, one. right? They yeah. had the but boat also, goes down the toilet. He also was in the second one. If it, yes, he also in the second one. If, if you, that, that helps you. I, I, he is in two and three. I have I I have no idea, no <laughs> earthly idea. I saw that movie. Yeah, and I, and he he plays a major part. No, no, I'm I've got oh, nothing. Can you steal? Is that Davy Jones? No, huh. it is actually Cutler Beckett. <laughs> <laughs> he was he, he was he one of the Brits? Yeah, he's the guy that branded Captain Jack Sparrow. He's like the guy who sends him out for the heart. He's on the he's on the and he does the slow motion walk as the nothing. ship explodes around him. Right? <laughs> this is what nothing. I'm saying. Like the name just whoosh. Wow. When, you, when you've got uh, you know okay. tentacle face, it all tends <laughs> to blur away. Tentacle face. That's right. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Ocean, yes, sir. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Joss Ackland played. Isn't he? Is he deaf? Oh, is it the Grim Reaper or Death? I don't remember what he was. Was he the Grim Death Reaper or the Death? is in the movie, but that's not exactly, that's not who we're looking for. Pete, can you steal? The, the, what I want to say is Joss Ackland. Oh, he was in Bill and Ted. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> I, think, I think you just said that. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, uh, I don't know. I remember him. I remember him being lit from the bottom in his yes. black cloak, and he was very yes. menacing. And yes. With a very menacing name. It, it, was it uh, was it French? I don't know. It sounds French. His name was Denomalos. Yeah, no. I'm not and I will a give a, million a, a, years. There's, a bo- uh, there's a bonus point for if you can tell me why he was named Denomalos. Um, I for either of you. That goes for either I of you. Uh, Denomalos. Yes. Why is he named Denomalos in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey? I have no idea. This is just fun. No son. Is it is his name backwards? Ooh, ooh, you're, on, you're on the right it's track. Backwards, it right? is. It is Ed Solomon's name. Bad words. He's the guy who wrote Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Well played. All right. All right. So uh, back to Pete. Jonah Hex. 
John Malkovich plays in Jonah Hex. Yes. Uh, I saw that one too. Didn't pay a lot of attention to it. Ah, God, this is really hard, man. <laughs> I was feeling okay after the first round. I, I thought we did pretty good. good. This one. is right. terrible. Um, <laughs> it's Malkovich, too. It's Malkovich, yeah. He's full-on Malkovich in this movie, too. John, I wish you smiling, Ellen, because you're enjoying you have Pete it? Squirmer, you know it? you have it. Oh, I absolutely don't have it. I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I have no idea. <laughs> I thought you'd be like, I am enjoying, come out and you'd be I'm like, enjoying watching Pete Squirm. It's miserable. I hope that I can people are in their heads. Right now, which is, uh, what is he doing? In the awkward silences, if they're like, can imagine just Pete squirming in his chair, because that's what's going on here. Uh, I, I'll tell you, I, because he's, they, he's the character of Jonah Hex comes back into in the... Uh, Guard- or, uh, Legends of Tomorrow yes. uh, occasionally in rotation. Yes. And so I have now supplanted not that. Brolin. It's not Josh Brolin. And so I'm having a yeah. hard time kind of replacing um, Josh Brolin, Megan Fox. I can picture both of them. I can't actually even picture what John Malkovich <laughs> looks like. Um, Bald. No, I got nothing. It was okay. some sort of he southern is, name, no, right? Like no, Corporal. Yes, he is. No, I, I got it. Quentin name. Turnbull. Oh, Quentin Turnbull. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have gotten there. Okay, so now Ocean. Now, <laughs> I admit Jonah Hex was a bit of a more obscure movie. Now I'm going to challenge you to come up with the name of a character from the highest grossing film of all time. Okay. Avatar. <laughs> Stephen Lang played. Is this a bonus? No, this is the next question. Ocean. <laughs> this is, I would like to read, more people apparently have seen this movie than any other movie in history yeah, by the box office numbers. Look, I don't know how they count these things. I'm, but I'm, the highest grossing film of all time, what is the name of the villain in it? Thanos, because Avengers. <laughs> uh, no, actually, no, Avatar can. just retook the title because they did a re release. Yeah. Oh, they, they need to put Infinity War back in the theaters and not go watch it again twice. Infinity yeah. War is back to number two. Oh, okay. I, yeah. So we okay. just watched this movie not two weeks ago. I got I got you on this one. I got yeah, you the on this thing, one. Yeah. The thing with yeah. this movie is it was it was visually great, but the plot was so meh. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's basically Fern Gully. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna go with. Uh, he was in the military, so I'm yes. going to go with Colonel Lang. Ooh, you have you're half right. I, I know he's a colonel. You're half he's a colonel right. or something. He is a colonel. Yeah, he's a colonel. Colonel. He's colonel Corrich. Colonel. Can you steal, Pete? Colonel Corrich. Corch. Court. Corch. Colonel Corrich. Yes. No. Luckily, my my kids love that movie, and uh, they watch it with some rigor and so i uh, i just watched it two weeks ago i got it all right yep. first first point in this i round. can't believe it that means we're <laughs> stupid tied yes that's <laughs> right <laughs> all right so uh pete uh the born identity brian cox plays <laughs> Sigh. I feel like i'm wearing you down you can just Sigh. you can just pass and we can move on to the next round <laughs> i just just the the weight of disappointment it's in like, myself. It's a movie you've seen. It's an actor oh, you know. It's a movie I've seen. It's a book I've read. It's a property <laughs> yeah. I love. But you're so right. These names right? are gone. I have no yeah. idea. Brian Cox. I don't know. Giovanni Ribisi. <laughs> Did Brian Cox no. play Giovanni Ribisi? Oh, any, any, any idea? William Treadstone? <gasps> no, that was pretty good. That would be but really no. great. Of course he plays Ward Abbott. 
Oh, for crying out loud. That wasn't even near. Okay, this one this one should be a gimme. Ocean. Oh, I have a gimme. Chance to break the tie. Right, let's do it. Okay. For the end of the round, Swordfish. John Travolta plays. What is his Please. name? Is Gabriel. You did Please an episode you of your show this. on this movie. It's your show. So I Gabriel know Shear. you've seen it. Gabriel Shear. Yes. Gabriel Shear. Yes. Gabriel Shear. Yes. Nice job. That was that okay. was kind of a gimme. That's almost unfair. We just did I know. Well, I say I put something there, you know, just to make sure that you're, you know, felt good about make yourself. Sure we get, get, yeah, make sure we get our point. <laughs> so round three is also the final round. Uh, <laughs> thank goodness, right? Um, it's called the right hand man round because we're not talking about the villains anymore. No, no, we're talking about their henchmen. You're got to be kidding. <laughs> so if I was to say 1989's Batman, the Joker. His henchman is uh, Bob the Goon. Yeah, Bob the Goon. Exactly, Bob. Right. So that's what we're doing here. Okay. So uh, Ocean got to give me. So I'm gonna give a gonna give a straight fastball right up the middle. Pete, are you ready? I think the answer in, is obviously no. But go ahead. In the Shawshank Redemption, <laughs> Warden Norton's head bull is played by. And or and and or character name. I will take both. Either actor for one point, character name, you get two points. You just watched Clancy it. You just Brown. did an episode about it. It was Clancy, Clancy Brown. Brown, and he yes. plays a captain. He is often called Captain. And yes. it's not Captain, is it Captain Handy? Captain Han Hand Hey Captain Hay no, not Haywood. Uh Captain uh Handy man, Captain. Captain, I'm gonna go with Captain Handy and see. You are very, very, very close. Ocean, can you steal? You know, it is an interesting thing that I found in life that this comes, this movie comes up a lot of times because I am one of those few people that I've never seen this movie. Wow, outstanding! So, yeah, I got because so, I got so at least one point. Out I'm going to go with you. Did I'm going to Clancy Brown? I'm going to go with. Oh, we're supposed to do the actor too. Okay, so a bit based on based on what he was trying to do, I'm going to go with Captain Harrison. Ooh, no! This is the price of rules. <laughs> yeah, if I was giving half points, I would have given you that because it's Hadley. Oh, oh God, I Byron knew it. Byron T. Hadley. Oh my goodness. Okay. So close. Another another fastball. Here we go. Ocean. Sir. In Avengers Infinity War, Thanos had a right-hand man. What was his name and who played him? Well, it depends on which one you would consider his right-hand man. Or I would say Infinity War. And you could also, I guess you could also say in Endgame, too, because he shows up there, too. Despite dying. He's in Endgame? And Infinity War. Andy Stanis is right him because I mean I would have gone with like Gamora, so because she was the necessary for something. But Thanos is because it was the dude that I mean, unless you're talking about the guy that does the whole, um, he like you know tells uh, Doctor Strange you must be fun with kids at parties, right? There's that, but he his he is the only henchman whose name is actually said on screen. The rest of them. You have no idea who they are. Their, their names are never said. Yeah, I, I, have, I have no idea. Pete, Pete, can you steal? You look confident over there. I don't have the... I, there is no way in a million years that I would have the uh, actor. 
No, there's no. But but I can give you Glaive, Corvus Glaive. Ah, no, is that not that it? Not the one I was looking for. Corvus Glaive is is the. I thought it was the, the guy with the east. long head. Is that not the guy no. I'm thinking of? No, it's the it's the it's the Squidward looking guy. Oh, Remember the telekinetic that fights the in the telekinetic thing? guy. Yeah. And that, of course, is Ebony Maw. Ebony Maw. Ebony Maw. The, the second highest grossing film of all time, and yet <laughs> nobody knows who Ebony Maw is. He's the is. one that captured Doctor Strange, right? Yes. And they, they shot him out of the air duck, right? So, yes. Okay, so, but... That's the guy. Yeah, yeah. He was in Endgame? When they all came yeah, back he off? shows up in the final fight because time travel. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I, we, I, in fact, this is the guy I was picturing in my head, and I mm-hmm. had associated the, the wrong name. Too much. Yeah, too Kirk much. Glaive hangs out with uh, Proxima Midnight. Yep, yep. Those are the two of them. That's or, right. Or a couple. That's right. Oh, and the actor was Tom Vaughn Lawler. I had to look that up too because I had no idea. He's Who a, knows? I think he just did the voiceover. Oh man, that okay. was hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say just once again, progressively second harder. highest grossing film of all time in a movie we've all seen. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. Okay. Good game. This, this so is, wait, this one's easier. Ocean. Did you? I think what happened there is that you we wanted are. Ocean to win. <laughs> well, we're not done. Well, I, still we're got, done. I still got more. I still got more. Those okay. only last. There's only two of the okay. of the other ones. Unless unless you guys are unless no, I've worn go, you down. No, no, no. Let's, let's let's do Bring it. it. I'm trying to okay. I'm trying to figure okay. out if I can get more points. Uh, in Lethal Weapon, General Peter McAllister, his right hand man was. Yeah, the no first lethal weapon. Clue. The first lethal weapon, okay. like like not the series, but like Mel Gibson, lethal weapon. All right. Okay. I I obviously I love the movie. Uh, it, yes. It, and the the I totally the remember the general the, with the thing, and he's got the. Yeah. But uh, I have absolutely no. I was it. Um, I'm looking for actor and and character. So he's cr- he's other, crazy. He's the crazy. Yes. He's absolutely crazy. Oh yes. Oh, uh, Gary Busey. Yes, Gary Busey. Gary Busey. And his, and his name was, was? Uh, Thug. I don't know. There's no way. <laughs> Ocean, can you steal? Unfortunately, I had Gary Busey, so I was all excited. And then the only name I could think of is what, um, let's see, what Mel Gibson called, what, what uh, Riggs calls him in the movie, which is that albino. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but his actual name is Mr. Joshua. Mr. Mr. Jo- Joshua, oh, of course he is. You go, oh. oh. Yeah. Okay. So good. All right. Yeah. All right, so I guess so this is actually a movie that was mentioned earlier on. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, just luck of the draw. Ocean yes. in Spectre, okay. Ernst Stavro Blofeld's henchman is what is his name and what actor portrayed him? So Blofeld is Christoph Waltz. Yes, he is. So, and who was his right hand man in Spectre? Dave Batista? Yes. Is the actor? Okay. As the actor. And what was that character's name? What was that character's name? Drax the That's Destroyer. What I'm asking you. <laughs> Isn't he always Drax no, the Destroyer? You're it, no, it wasn't Drax, but you're I would say you're in the neighborhood. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh I have no idea what his name is. So I guess I'll go okay. Drake. I know Pete. it was Mr. Something. I know it was, it Mr. was Mr. Something. Yeah. Mr. Oh God. This 
name is so stupid. I'm sure. <laughs> really stupid. I'm sure it's the name, the, the game that is stupid and not me. Uh, it was no. Mr. I could totally picture him too because he had, he was yeah. kind of bald and wore mm-hmm. the suit and mm, I got, I don't, I don't have it. Mr. Mr. Hinks. Yeah, that's, that's the stupid thing. <laughs> yeah. That's the stupid name. Mr. Hinks. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, like Pete. In The Princess Bride, Prince Humperdinck's best friend, who also had six fingers on his hand, is also known as... The Six-Fingered Man, man. Six-Fingered Man, yes. That's all all we care about. (laughs) And the actor that portrayed him... Not even a a (laughs) little bit. No. He was Count. Was he... uh, Count? Count Count, um, Ruggles? Something like that. (laughs) Count Ruggles? Yeah. Count Cuddles? <laughs> I don't know. I remember Inigo Montoya, and I remember the mm-hmm. Six-Fingered Man, and yeah, a- uh, I I don't remember his name or the actor. Okay. Ocean, can you steal? Clint Howard. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he was Count Tyrone Rugen, oh, so okay. you were in the neighborhood, All right. played by, of course, Christopher Guest. <sighs> I can't. I can't ever place Christopher Guest in that because of the weird facial hair. Yes, and the uh, he's scar. A, he's a chameleon. Yeah, yeah, he's a he is a chameleon. That's okay, amazing. So the last one. So uh, you guys are tied up. So this is the tiebreaker. Oh, we're tied. If you can do this, Ocean. It's on you. Yeah, you're tied. Okay. okay. Pete had a good round. In Raiders of the Lost Ark, Renee Belloc's right hand man, and I say emphasis on right hand man, was. I will take one word. You can give me the whole thing if you want to, but I, you can if you just give me one word, you can win this game. A Nazi? Well, he was a Nazi. Well, it true. was Sieg Heil, right? It was the yeah. hand guy. Yes. Uh, and his name was. Yeah. Man, I don't, yeah, I don't, it's I don't, Ocean's turn. So oh, Ocean's sorry. First <laughs> but you keep okay, thinking so because if he the, doesn't have the it, actor and the character. If you have the actor, that's great. But really, if you have the character name, Kruger. I have no idea. No. This is one with the German sounding name. Can you I, steal? He had an action figure? He had an action he figure? He did. He had an action figure and it had the burn it mark had on the his sta- hand. It had the. Oh, I, I know who you're talking about now. Okay. Uh, I, yeah. I can now finally picture who it is you're saying. Because, yeah, because okay. he had the burn hand. Yeah. I, 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 right. I still know. But I, know, I, know I now know who the character is. Uh, Colonel R- Ratface. Nice. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I'm sure it translates to something different in German. I, I don't. Uh, I honestly don't know. I cannot. I can't uh, place it. What is it? His name was. I would have, the word I would have taken was Tote, Major Arnold Major Tote. Tote. Yes, played by Ronald Lacey. But of course, there's really so, no reason you should have done that. That sounds like a like an Austin Powers name, right? Like it sure does. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this yeah. would be a jump ball. So when you know who it is, if you know the name, shout out your own name, so I will know <laughs> who to call on. In. Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> Arena Spalko was played by Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> no, Arena, that was made Chris, Pete. Pete. Pete Blanchett. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> 
He wins by one point, by one really pathetic point. <laughs> and then talk about a game that whimpers to a the well, stall at the end. I am I'm sorry, Kyle. On behalf of Ocean and Pete, you did great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, see, I, 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 I was kind of making a political statement, and yes. I was using you as props in it as well. But I thought that would be some. I thought that it was, was good fun. I hope the audience. Yeah. Thought it was fun as well. Good, good fun. Now we're on to the list. Now, of course, we are talking this week about The Mist, Stephen King's The Mist. It's the last in our King a la Darabont series. Uh, and this film, if you haven't seen it, is a lot of fun. Uh, and especially if you can find it in black and white, the black and white release that is uh, Darabont's favorite, uh, you need to catch this movie in black and white. It's great. Um, now, of course, this movie is known for its ending because it it uh, departs so far from the book. The end of the movie went to a very, very dark place where the book actually ended with a little bit of hope, which is weird. Stephen King was the more hopeful creator in this endeavor. <laughs> uh, and so uh, we are talking about adaptations where they change the ending. Adaptations where they change the ending in Ocean. You are first. I struggled mightily with this, uh, this, this topic. So, um, and what I, what I, when I was doing my research for this, I, I realized a, a couple things that I felt, uh, I, I realized a couple things. One, I have not read that many books. <laughs> so, and, and two, I I had no idea. Like my movie taste seems to skew towards movies that are original screenplays more so than movies mm, made from books. Than adaptations, like okay. yeah, than adaptations. And, and there's no there's no rhyme or reason. It's not like I see that oh this is an adaptation, so I'm not going to watch it, right? Because I mean there are several adaptation movies I've seen that I like, but it was just it was interesting to me when I was looking at this, going like okay, even when I found out about some movies that did change, I was like oh I haven't seen that, haven't seen that, haven't seen that. So yeah, I was it was this was this was a very interesting exercise for me. However. There is one type of book that I read a lot of, and that is the book of comic. Mm. So I am just opening up with uh, The Watchmen. And, oh, and so, first steal! Yeah, so, so that, that is just where I, honestly, that was, that, yeah. So I, I'm going with The Watchmen. So the, in the, um, for those that have not, if you, so if you have not read the book, in the book, the ending with uh, with the Watchmen, um, Ozzy is is it's similar in that Ozymandias does attack New York, but instead of using the conventional means of of uh, mimicking Doctor Manhattan as is seen in the movie, he drops a giant squid on on the on New York. Which <laughs> in the movie context. I get how it's like that would be weird if all of a sudden at the end he drops a giant squid on New York and then that's what happens and it's a it's a psychic squid that causes people's eyes to bleed out and everything and they they die which if you've seen the show the show actually makes the psychic squid work which totally. which I thought which it I thought does. was Absolutely. I thought was amazing because in the movie there was no way it was going to work but mm -hmm. the show mm -hmm. did a great job of making it work and so that's the first movie that I did. I, I came across, I was like, yes, I actually, this one I knew cold. I was like, the ending is different. So, the Outstanding. Watchmen. The Watchmen. All right, Kyle, what do you got? Yeah, so that was, obviously that was stolen too. So I, I had that, that same one as well. So I will go with another comic adaptation and that's Captain America Civil War. Uh, in the original comic, the Civil War happens very, very differently. And it ends with both sides, Captain America's side and Iron Man's side, fighting each other on the, on the streets of New York 
just blowing the hell out of everything around until the first responders finally just run up to them and go, please stop fighting each other. You're killing the people. And they look around and go, oh, yeah, I didn't even realize we were like blowing up like city blocks in the middle of the thing. And then Captain America stops, surrenders, is taken into custody and immediately assassinated. What? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Not immediately, I say not immediately. Comic purists, I know. Short time later, as he's being led, led up to the, the the to be arrested, he is shot in the chest and killed. That is how Captain. That is how Civil War ends in the comics. Wow! Wow! Yes. <laughs> Check that out. Yeah. <laughs> cue, cue that Civil up. Civil War for is some a very reading. very different story in the comics. <laughs> yeah. It gets fascinating. It gets super dark. Yeah. Uh, excellent pick. Not a steal here. I uh, I went with, I have a theme. I have one pick where I believe that it is a horrific injustice, what they did to the book. I have one where I feel like uh, it's pretty even, Steven. I like both. And one where I feel like the movie is much, much better. So I'm, I have, I'm going to open with my low uh, pick. When does a movie ending begin in a movie, right? Because in this movie, there are so many changes that you could really say that about five minutes into the movie, the ending starts. And that's where the change <laughs> begins for our purpose of our list. But I'm going to go with the real ending, the last final little bit of the movie, uh, because in this case, uh, the book ends with our protagonist's father severing the soul of her best friend to harvest its energy, creating a bridge to a parallel universe, where the movie just stops. Uh, it is pathologically in service to a sequel that we never get, and so it leaves us feeling terrible. I believe had they just gone with what the author Philip Pullman had tried to do in The Golden Compass, we might actually have had the trilogy. Instead, we had to wait for it to come back as the HBO show, which was great. Uh, so The Golden Compass, it was a travesty. What they did to that book. <laughs> Despite all the Ian McKellen. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. The Golden Compass. That's my first pick. Ocean, what do you got number two? Well, my second, my second movie was one that I knew very little about, but I did just so happen to know this, this mild difference, and so I'm going to go with it. Um, so my uh, movie is... Uh, so in the, the, the book ending of the movie that I'm saying is um, it is about a troubled Vietnam War veteran. And uh, the book ends with our, our, our troubled Vietnam War veteran hero dying after having a death after a violent showdown with a local police official, uh, Chief Teasel. And uh, that is how the book ends. But in the movie, uh, our hero and the chief both live. And uh, John Rambo turns himself into the authorities. And I'm telling you about First Blood, which by letting him live, gives us then First Blood Part 2, 3, 10, 15, <laughs> whatever they are at that, at that point. That, that's but one of those like diehard... It just blew me away that that was even based on a book. I yeah, thought for yeah, years, actually, I thought the first that was... two Die Hard movies yeah, are yeah. based on that, but that's I right. hope I didn't steal anybody's no. future picks. So. Yep. First Blood. Fantastic. Kyle, what do you got number two? Uh, my number two, actually, I'm going a little more obscure because this was a, a movie that uh, these, actually, the next, next two are ones that just personally annoyed me with the changes they made. So, uh, in uh, high school and in the college, I was a big fan of Dean R. Kuntz. And Dean R. Kuntz does not get a lot of adaptations. So when he got an adaptation, I was super excited. I went to see it in 1988, starring Corey Haim. This is Watchers. 
It also has Michael Ironside in it. So in the in the book, it originally was like the idea was there was a dog that had been experimented on, and there was a monster that was attached to the dog. So the two of them were like psychically linked. So it was the boy and his dog thing, except in the book, it was actually a middle-aged guy, and the movie is Corey Haim, and so that already was a big difference. It was but not then, good. And <laughs> the end, they they decided they're like they're like uh, and Michael Ironside goes, yeah, I was the third part of the project. And they're like, uh, what? What do you? You're you're part of the thing. He's like, yeah, I got no conscience. And then he shoots and kills somebody. And I was like, what? <laughs> that didn't make any sense. Then it was a terrible adaptation. They made four of those movies. They're all awful. Uh, just stick with the book. Yeah, that was not good. And a, no. a real career-defining typecast moment for Michael Ironside. He has a lot yeah. of those in his yeah, career. Yeah, from that point yeah. on, like the, then, then came Starship Troopers, yeah. and then basically clones That's of his old Starship, yeah, Starship Troopers from there One of, on one of the yeah. greatest Michael Ironside holes ever. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I love he, him He was in just that chasing movie. that sweet, yeah. sweet uh, <laughs> yeah. he is Starship great. Troopers <laughs> um, energy yeah. for the rest of his career. My second pick is a pair of uh, properties here that I think actually... Uh, does fair service to both the stories. They are different across the board, and I think the movie actually does things with the story that the book couldn't do, and I really like that. Uh, in As in the first pick, I mean, there are many differences, um, but uh, in the movie, we get uh, a character death, a sword fight, uh, and Michelle Pfeiffer's great surprise to her inability to answer the question, what do stars do? They shine. And then you explode. <laughs> this is the adaptation of Neil Gaiman's book, uh, Stardust. Stardust. Nice And uh, also, you know, we get, uh, it, it turns out, uh, Matt Murdock can see, is what we learned <laughs> with Charlie Cox. And uh, yeah. one of Robert De Niro's finest performances. A and how, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So, Stardust, there you go. Oh, good pick, good pick. What do you got, Ocean? My third movie is based on a book called All You Need Is Kill. And the name oh, of the movie is Edge choice. of the Edge of Tomorrow. So in the movie, so to and, and please bear with me on this one. So in the movie, uh, as we know, <laughs> that with all the time loops and everything, in the movie, uh, Tom Cruise who plays Cage and Emily Blunt who plays Rita uh, finally do go kill the Omega and stop the time loop, and then therefore they win the war. Now in the book, where the main characters are Cagey. Korea and Rita Vratoski, Rita's neighbor's saints. So in the book, the time loops work similarly, but they are a little different. So I'm going to skip over some of the details of how the how it works in the book. And so um, basically, the way it works is that in the book, you had they have to kill a nexus, which is a nexus is what they call the omegas in the movies, and, and so that's what they are going and doing, right? But after they kill one, they realize that the time loop is still happening, and it is being created by the two of them. So in order so in order to end the time loop, one of them has to die. And so then Cage, KG and Rita have to fight each other. And then KG kills her. And then after her death, KG goes on and kills the remaining mimics and the last Nexus. And he is a hero to the world, but it ends on this dark, sad note of where he has to reckon with the sacrifice that he had to make in order to win the war. And we both know Tom Cruise could never beat Emily Blunt in a fight. Absolutely. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. That yeah. is canon. Yeah. yeah. That's a great pick. And that book blew Good my, pick. blew my yeah, mind. I didn't think about yeah, that. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and, and, and is that Edge of Tomorrow or is it Live, Die, Repeat, repeat colon Edge of Tomorrow? tomorrow. <laughs> well, I, I think the, the so movie is Edge of Tomorrow, but they called it Live, Die, Repeat, I think, because it, it got a second wind. 
And everyone yeah. was calling it that. Like people called it that colloquially. So they, the marketing team just went on to it. And yeah. Followed yeah. that repeat. Yeah. However, all you need is kill is still the best title so of those yeah. three. Oh, what's yeah, your uh, what's your number one pick, Kyle? My number one uh, is one of those things that has just annoyed me, and it's one of those, it's super obscure. Uh, so no one knows it, and I tell people about this, and they don't believe it exists. But I proved today I went and found it. You can't find it anywhere else, but Wikipedia never forgets. Uh, so when you adapt a really really famous story, you think the first thing you do is keep it the way it is, especially when it's a mystery and it builds up. So I'm talking about Agatha Christie's Ten Little Indians. Now, in 1989, they did an adaptation of it where they changed the ending. Uh, this is the adaptation that has Frank Stallone in it. Uh, <laughs> I want to tell you what level of quality they were at at the time. So, uh, you know, for spoiler, for those of you who are, you know, have, have not read Ten Little Indians or whatever, the, the point of Ten Little Indians is, is an, or, or, or later as known, and they were none. And then and, there were none. And then there were none is how it's usually uh, down. There's a really good adaptation the BBC just did a couple of years ago. Check that one out. Ignore this one. Um, they get to the end. So the, the idea is that they're all being killed off one by one. And it gets to the point where there's only one person left on the island and she can't figure out how it's being done. And then it's then she finally it's, it's revealed that there's one person in the group who's been doing all this stuff. And then kills her and himself. So <laughs> then it ends up that, uh, and that but when the people show up on the island everyone's dead and no one can figure out how it happened. Only you, the reader, get to know sort of what the mystery was. Well, in this one, no, 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 this is a Hollywood movie. So as he's setting up this elaborate thing for her to, that he's going to step out the door, close the door, and it'll cause her to, to hang, Frank Stallone busts in, <laughs> kicks down the door, and saves the girl, and they defeat the villain, and everyone goes home happy, and I went, what? Wow. <laughs> Why? Why would you adapt Agatha Christie and go, no, Agatha didn't know what she was doing. That crazy old lady we know how this thing should really wow. end That's wow awesome it is audaciously shockingly bad terrible oh terrible uh well i'm sure glad you can't find it anywhere yeah, that's delightful. Uh, my number one pick, I, what you may notice in the theme that I have done here, they're all books that uh, and movies that uh, I engage in with my kids. Right. These are these are sort of properties that were part of the formative years of my kids, you know, reading, getting into stories. This one goes back even further than the other two. I'm talking about a book that was a snooze compared to the movie that had some real agency beyond the fact that the shrew is a total badass. The end of the book is a total whimper while the movie gives us a sinking house with Brisby's kids in it and there's like a real rescue. Yes, it's the secret of Nim. Uh, oh, Mrs. Brisby and the Rats of Nim was a dog of a book. Ugh terrible but the movie had uh, a, a lot of good stuff going for it it was fun it is still fun to watch right now so uh secret of nim i can't believe arizona's I, own don bluth that's right come on go don bluth there you go look at yeah. that we got a we got a hell of a list here and and yeah. only one steal i thought this was going to be a heavy yeah. steal me list. too yeah yeah uh so now we get to decide what to do next what they're doing next week so lynn shelton May she rest in peace. She died just a year ago. Uh, she did. She was one of the uh, filmmakers deep into mumblecore, uh, which mm. is a terrible name for something that does, shouldn't really. Did you uh, say mumblecore? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not a good way to classify. Really, it's just independent movies, right? That's what we're talking about. And and uh, but they've th th we, we talk about it in the show anyway. Um, 
the movie that she did is one of her earlier films. It was called uh, Hump Day. Have either of you seen or heard about Hump Day? I feel like I've heard of Hump Day, but I've never seen it. It's a Mark Duplass uh, movie, and it's a story about uh, a couple. They're married. They're trying to have kids, and in the middle of the night, the guy's bro comes over, and he has been he's been traveling the world for years, and they bro out. I mean, they bro out heavily. <laughs> they are, you know, <laughs> slapping each other and hugging like bros, and then they go out the next night, and they decide to get a little high and get a little drunk and they're still bros with a bunch of other people. They're in Seattle doing a real pack North Northwest thing. And then in the middle of this days, they decide, Hey, you know, we should enter the hump fest film festival film festival for independent film uh, pornographers. And we'll make a movie of us two straight guys, but having sex with each other. <laughs> and, and the rest of the movie <laughs> The rest of the movie is them navigating what they the decision that they've made as bros. And they really dig each other as bros. And what are they going to do now that they've made this commitment to one another? And how's he going to tell his wife? And oh, so many shenanigans. That wow. is the movie oh, that we are talking man. about this People week. People who are not watching the live stream really missed Ocean's <laughs> completely <laughs> organic reaction to that twist in the thing. And it was it was amazing. <laughs> Well, let me tell you, Ocean, you should you should know, Ocean, the Hump Film Festival is a real thing. If you, you know, ever had any uh, aspirations as a filmmaker, you could, you could enter. It's still going. Yeah. Um, so here's here are some of the uh, potential ideas. If you are not inspired with your own, uh, a visit from an unexpected friend could be a, a list of movies. Uh, well, I think just the sheer amount of times you've said the word bro, I think I'd have to pick bromance. Bromance, it is. Yeah. We have our first pick, bromances. Great movie bromances. Uh, and uh, we also have, how about reconnecting with an old friend after you've gone completely different directions in life? Or making mm. bad decisions while drunk or high? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot more choices for the letter. Yes. Yeah. Uh, lying to your spouse and making things much worse. Um, wait, midlife wait, crises. Yeah. Worse? So wait, <laughs> the truth oh. would have been like better here in this scenario? Oh. Dude, oh, die ocean. on your shield oh. here. Sweet, sweet ocean. You yeah. have no idea. <laughs> the truth. So like the Wow. I don't know on that one. I'm, yeah, so, no, like, it's, yeah. it's not great. Yeah. Uh, or so, so. heavy. There's, there, there's no there right answer is, there. There is something heavy in this movie that the, and, and these co spousal conversations that could make or break a marriage. So we're talking about like marriages on the line movies, I think, that that uh, that really classifies this. And of course, our, our last one is uh, making porn movies about making <laughs> porn, uh, which which could be something. So unless you have something else, is there something from that list that you would like to add to bromances? Wow. Um <laughs> I love what this movie has done to you guys. <laughs> okay. I don't know how to say this totally. Okay. Mainstream movies whose titles sound like a porn. Oh. Well, so there's a, maybe there'd be a better You don't need to, to add a third one because that's the one that's going to win. Maybe I've got the fly yeah, stick. Yeah, I know. We should no, maybe think it, about it. Yeah, maybe think about how to state that. But like, because Hump Day sounds like a porn, right? You know, like if you just saw that. So then, like, that, that yeah. So. Double entendre titles? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, because double entendre allows you to go a lot of different directions. I want people to feel uncomfortable. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> literally, that sound like literally porn. uncomfortable. Yeah, literally uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. yeah like mainstream like movie titles that sound like porn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll go with that. I, yeah. We know that's going to yeah. win. So the next yeah. one should be. Yeah. So yeah, pick one. Mo- movies that are movies. <laughs> um, movies with. I actors. will pick. Uh, I'm going to pick making bad decisions while drunk or high. Yeah, that's, that's a good choice. That's what that's we're going to do. Yeah. I will put that in. So next week. We've got making bad decisions while brunk, drunk or high, bro, move, bromance movies, and mainstream movie titles that sound like porn. Oh my goodness! I'm Say safe. Pete, I want to be able to, to put my own vote in to make sure that I sway this so one way or the other. Can you tell me how I would go about doing yeah, such a thing? I can, Kyle. You can put your thumb on the scale uh, if you head over to the Show Talk channel in the Next Real Discord community. You can lend your vote to the chaos that is list picking and movie sabotage each week. How do you get access? To the show talk channel, you ask? <laughs> All you have to do is head over to the nextreel.com slash membership and become a supporter of the Next Real family of podcasts. For just a buck a month, you can become a one reeler and join our online community and our Discord server. For a few dollars more, you can become a two reeler and join us for show live streams as we record. You could have watched Ocean respond to Hump Day. <laughs> you could have seen that action. You missed out. Uh, you can get early access to our shows and your through your very personal podcast feed, through your very own personal podcast feed and access to the super-secret member channels in Discord. We're also doing a ton of bonus episodes right now. We've got bonus episodes for the main show, The Next Reel. we got bonus episodes for the film board coming out every month. we got bonus episodes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Marvel Movie Minutes tacking on a bunch of bonus episodes we're getting ready to go with. I mean, it's just a lot of bonus stuff going on. So, super bonus. And uh, you can uh, support the show with... Uh, yeah, if, you're, if you want to do that, you can pay for, for an annual membership, too. It's fine. We'll take... All of it. Uh, and finally, Letterboxd. We're all over on Letterboxd, and they are offering us a discount to anyone uh, listening to The Next Reel. Head over to thenextreel.com slash Letterboxd, and that's B-O-X-D, no E, Letterboxd, and you can upgrade your Letterboxd account to pro or patron with a 20% off discount that also works for renewals. Thank you, guys. This has been an epic show. Uh, the game nearly broke me. But I had a great, <laughs> great matinee with you both. Yes, I'm going to pay way more attention now to obscure characters, obscure yes, villain characters are. in the movies I watch. So, but it's, it's been <laughs> a wonderful right. morning talking to you guys. Just have a have an amazing weekend, Kyle. Thank you as always. Enough said. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, 
or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Music 